and I'm sitting looking at my hand. I'm like, wow, this hand fucking sucks. It's just zero lands. I'm 100% mulliganing this. It's totally fine. I'm, you know, easy, easy decision. And then they finally give me priority back to decide if I'm going to mulligan. And I snap keep. I'm like, oh, crap. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, I don't have any lands. And I go into the chat. I'm like, oh, man, dude, I fucked up. Like, I I was supposed to mulligan this. I I don't, sorry. And he just didn't say anything back. So I was like. All right, well, I'm hovering. I'm like, do I just concede? Because I can't, I'm not going to have, the only thing I'm good at with this deck is having a good start. And this is going to be a terrible start. I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I was like, well. That's I, when he like thought seizes you. And just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck did you keep? <laughs> and uh, so I'm just like, I don't know. So I was like, I'll, I'll just see. I'm on the, uh, sorry, I'm on the draw. So I'll just like see if I get a, um, a land. I draw my card, not a land. I'm like, okay, I'll just discard a card. I was like, sweet. Okay, this is good. This is good. Um, and luckily, he's not doing a bunch of stuff. So then uh, finally get around so that I get like a tap land, and then I end up playing the game. And luckily, uh, my opponent didn't do enough stuff. And I went through the entire match, and I ended up winning the, the game. And I was like, wait, I, I won game one, keeping a no land hand. And then I went and, and won the match because of that. <laughs> and I was like... Oh my god! I was like, Should oh, keep I'm... no landers more often. I know it was it was like the best tournament story so far. So you never know the the, yeah. the what this means is don't just concede if you don't even have any lands in your opening hand, you might win. <laughs> Who knows? And we do not condone keeping no landers on seven, no. By the way, but if you do it on accident, uh, hey, maybe you got a shot. So. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your weekly source of drunken Magic the Gathering Arena content. Yep. Regular dudes drinking some usually irregular beers, and we regularly talk about magic, including uh, competitive play. Yep, that's what we do. Uh, And this week we are talking about Strixhaven, uh, and uh, we got spoilers coming out the day this episode uh, airs. And we have some, some predictions for what those cards are going to be, slash just things about the set mainly. And then we also have our fantasy draft for the Call Time Championship that is this weekend. But first, each week we both bring a beer, we drink our own, then we drink each other's and rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what's on tap? All right. I have a beer called Bronin. Um, this is from High Road Brewing Company, uh, who I believe I haven't tried any of their beers. This is my, my first one. And it's a Vermont IPA, 7.1%. The can is like a, I think it's a sunflower, but it's bright orange mm-hmm. and uh, kind of fractally. Nice. What did you bring? I brought Hi-Fi from Sons of Kent. This is their triple berry sour. And of course, those berries are the best ones, which are blueberry, raspberry, and blackberry. It's 4.8%. And the actually, the label is quite cool. It kind of looks like an old VHS tape cover it was kind of like the blank vhs tapes that you could get and you would um record your programs with so that's what it looks like it's pretty sweet when i when i picked up that beer actually the um teller at the lcbo mm-hmm. looked at it and he told me that he's colorblind but that he has glasses at home that uh, fix that uh, he can't wear them to work or doesn't like to for whatever reason but when he looked at the can he was like i'm excited to see what this looks like oh. in color uh, at home with my glasses on because there's the five stripes from red to blue kind of yeah. thing going on. Yeah, and, and interesting. That's that's cool. Yeah. So for him, I guess it would be kind of all brownish, blackish brownish. 
Yeah, I think he was trying to explain to me, like, he pointed to one of them and said, this is what he kind of sees red as. Mm. Um, but then I was like, I don't know if you're pointing out the correct color to mm-hmm. me because, you know, like, uh, so I didn't totally get it, but uh, <laughs> I did tell him it was a cool looking label. So. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I like it quite a bit. Um, in magic news, as I said before, Strixhaven spoilers start today. Wow. Uh, except for they didn't because there were two uh, that came out on Monday. They were Planeswalkers, yeah. <laughs> uh, which kind of came out of the blue. Danny Trejo uh, announced one on Twitter, which was the weirdest thing, but, like, cool. I was just refreshing his feed because I knew he was going to drop some magic content. <laughs> <laughs> I He had, had said something about it on Friday, and we were like, ooh, maybe he's going to, you know, have some magic cards yeah. for us. Uh, anyway, so we'll talk about those in a bit. And then... Um, we uh, know more information about uh, the sets that are coming out later this year and when they're going to be arriving. So we know for sure that the Werewolf and Innistrad sets are separate. Like, we knew they were, like, separate sets, but they're definitely being um, released on different, uh, what's it called, months? Um, but we know that the Werewolf one is Midnight Hunt, and the Innistrad one is Crimson Vow which is uh, apparently a vampire wedding. So, you know, hmm. kind of cool. I mean, I, that seems pretty cool to me, but... You which know. one's coming first? Uh, the werewolf one, the uh, Midnight Hunt. Yeah. That's like September, and then the Crimson Vow is November, I believe. Got it. Yeah, so we'll see how they draft, to, like maybe if they draft together. I'm still hoping that they, they do, but probably not. I'm going to stamp the big, big old unlikely on yeah, that. Yeah, probably unlikely, but it'd be pretty sweet. But drafting things together... We do have a core set draft that's coming to Arena this weekend from March 26th to April 2nd. And it is three core sets drafted together. So you get your first pack is M19, then M20, then M21, which got me kind of excited. I was like, this seems pretty cool. I think I might try it. I drafted all three of those sets. Um, and I liked M20 the best. So we'll have to see if this is better than just three M20 packs would be. Yeah. I mean, it... I don't see how it could go. It's not going to be bad. I don't think it's like you know, core sets or core no, sets. No, because you know exactly, and and the like color pair synergies are always basically pretty similar, the same. So, uh, so it seems yeah. pretty cool. Uh, I'm kind of excited for it. Uh, and we had talked recently about how much we like drafting. You know, three different packs for you know block structure. So this is uh, answering our prayers, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Everyone better draft this to tell them it's a good idea to do more stuff like exactly. this. Exactly. I really, well, <laughs> I don't know how they could really do it, but um, maybe they'll bring back, maybe they'll do like a Ravnica War of the Spark thing. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. The, the both Ravnica's War of the Spark. We also got two new emotes. Man, there's so much stuff happening since last week. The biggest news. Biggest news. Most important news. New emotes. <laughs> um, there are two different angels. One... Oh, crap. What are they called again? There's the Reapers and the Valkyries. So one is a Valkyrie um, and one is a Reaper. Is that what they were called? Or are they all Valkyries and then they're split into Shepherds and Reapers? Ooh, maybe? I think that might be it. They're all Valkyries. Because the Shepherds like guide you up to... You're right. You're right. To, we did a whole episode about this. I don't know why I wouldn't remember. Yeah. but actually, <laughs> a long time ago, man. I was drunk when we did that, so I don't... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, we have an excuse. Yeah, so... Uh, they're for different festivals that you do. So um, you could have already gotten one of them this weekend, and then the next one is this next weekend. Yeah, they are. Eh, they're fine. They're a bit too like uh, anime e to me, if you know. Yeah. You know what I mean, like 
They look like they belong in an, in an anime show. They look like um, they're... Some people are going to really love that. Yeah, they, they look like they're Legends of Runeterra, kind of. Some of those emotes have yeah. that, like, cartooniness to them, which is totally fine. I just... My big thing is that one of them's supposed to shrug, and it doesn't look like it's shrugging. It's just like yeah. its head just flops around, and it's all... <laughs> it looks like a marionette or something. Yeah. That's... Where they like it's not being controlled well. <laughs> so I think the because so there's one that shrugs and then the other one's like a happy thing. I think the happy angel will look a little bit better. So we'll see how that goes. Always excited for new emotes, even if they're not ones I'll use all that often. Exactly. Still down. I got this other one and I've been using it a lot, but I don't really know when to use it. But it also is a shruggy emoji, so it's like I don't know if I should use this right now. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There I, don't you go. I don't know. <laughs> We did have one little oops from last episode. We were talking about a combo with uh, Valky. And we were talking about the card. It's called Escape to the Wind. It's actually called Release to the Wind. Um, not a huge deal, but just know that we noticed that. I don't and, know how we messed up you know, such a well-known and widespread card <laughs> like Release to the Wind. <laughs> uh, Rivals of Ixlan. Oh, well. Card I literally forgot about until I saw it in these combo decks. Like, until someone played card? it against me, and I was like, I'm pretty sure this yeah. is from like a Planeswalker deck or something weird. I don't. <laughs> I never drafted it. I have no idea what this card is. Uh, but anyway, um, Jeff, how was your arena week? Uh, frustrating, I guess. Uh, the only Magic I really played was over the weekend. I played in the Star City mm -hmm. uh, games satellites. I tried two of them. Uh, the first one I tried to play Jund Food. My rationale was that uh, Jund Food will eat a little less hate. It doesn't care about Graft Digger's Cage quite as much as the Collected Company version does. Mm -hmm. You can just trail of crumbs. It, there's no real way for them to stop you from getting card advantage and stuff. And then in the mirror match, Corvold is really good. So I figured Jund Food would be probably the way to go. But my first two matches, I honestly just... It's like mulligan, mulligan, mm. never hit your third land drop, concede the game kind of thing. Uh, and then I had a few real matches, and then, so I was like two and two. <laughs> then I played against this like Orzov control deck um, that had a whole bunch of main deck Kayas and stuff like that, which were pretty good against me. But I also just played pretty much the worst match of Magic I think I've ever played in my life. <laughs> like, you know that feeling when you make a play and you're like oh that was stupid why did i do that you know yeah i know that, that was every terrible. every turn of that game oh man. i was like oh no as soon as i like you know click and it's locked in and it's on the stack i'm like shouldn't have played that that was stupid yeah <laughs> and so i went two three in that and then later in the weekend i wanted to try sultai ultimatum because well jund food was everywhere by this point <laughs> and uh, Sultai Ultimatum kind of dunks on that mm -hmm. because uh, their card advantage engine's just too slow. They have really no way to stop you from just ramping up to seven mana and casting Ultimatum. Yep. There's very little they can do. They're not fast enough to kill you. Uh, and then I just ran into Gruul a whole bunch of times, and boy, can that deck, <laughs> that deck not beat Gruul. <laughs> like, I think we saw the metagame Matrix later, and it's, it was like 20% against Gruul, and it felt that way. Yeah, it felt like you pretty much had no chance. Yeah. You know, there were eight people out of 160 playing Gruul, and I, I was unlucky to run into two. Classic. Uh, yeah, but it is, you know... It's kind of a decision I made to play that deck. Like I, when I picked it up, I knew this deck can't possibly beat Gruul. I hope not a lot of people play it. Like, yeah, and then and so 
sometimes your deck choice doesn't work out for you. Yep. Uh, and then I so I won three matches. I got two free losses to Gruel. So now I'm like three and two, and I have to win the next one to make it in. And I just kind of get steamrolled by another ultimatum deck. They just you know ramp straight to ultimatum and get there first and win. Yeah. Uh, and then it's like exactly eight o'clock, which was when the next the last satellite started. So because it took me the full six rounds, I was thinking about maybe jumping into another one and trying again, mm. but uh, it was exactly eight o'clock at that point and the next one had already started. So I, <laughs> I used up as much time as possible mm. without qualifying for the event. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually in that, yeah. eight, I was in that eight o'clock one and I was playing until one in the morning because um, I went three and three. <laughs> And, uh, but I felt yeah, good. I know going three and three is like, <laughs> I mean, like to you, I get that it's frustrating cause you've done a bunch, but this is my second one. And I was like, yeah, I did three and three. Only one of those was a no show. So really I went two, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, it was good. I, I enjoyed the weekend and I'm excited for more of those, uh, feel better in the groove and it's, you know, feels good. So yes, yeah, I think the weirdest part was that I played 11 matches. Like I went two, three and then three, three. Yeah. I never ran into Jund a single time. Not Jund Company or Jund Food. And they That's were both so weird. Like Huge. a third of the metagame. <laughs> or together they were about a yeah. third of the metagame. That's so strange. Um, oh, well. Anyway, we'll see what the pros do with that information this weekend, which is uh, going to be exciting because I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Uh, I know exactly what they'll do, but I'll yeah, but you'll, you'll save share, that. Share, of course. You'll save that for later. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about spoilers. All right, so Strixhaven is coming up right now, and boy, does it feel like that just happened in a flash, man. I feel like we just finished Kaldheim spoilers. Yeah, like it feels like that already <laughs> happened, but that was a while ago. Like Kaldheim, you know, officially released on February fifth. So like the pre-release, it came to Arena around like the twenty eighth of January. I don't know. I guess because we were having Kaldheim spoilers start in December, there was like the week of metal and stuff, and then, and then we had full blown spoilers like at the beginning of January. It just felt like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then this just feels like it's oh god, we're back. Like there's, and we also had the earlier spoilers with the commands, and now spoilers come out on Thursday, but on Monday they give us more. It just feels like a lot, right? And so I was wondering, okay, wow. Why is this such a quick like turnover, right? And I wanted to look back and see like how many weeks were between Call Time and Strixhaven, which there's only 11 weeks. So I was like, okay, that feels like not very much time. Well, the crazy thing is it releases and now it's like six weeks later and we're getting previews. Yeah. You so know, it's like, that's six weeks. That's it. I know. It's just like... It's from the official release of Call Time to previews for Strixhaven. So that is like fast, right? Um, and I was like, damn, well, it didn't feel like that fast with Zendikar, but however, Zendikar rising to call time was 19 weeks, the difference between right. those two sets, which is it's like September to January, yeah, which is huge. So I went back and I was looking through all the sets that have released since Magic Origins, which is about five years ago, a little bit more. And 19 weeks is the longest chunk of any of those sets, the, the period between them. The most before that is like 16, and the, the earliest uh, any sets have released was about 10 weeks. And that was even like Ikoria to M21 was 10 weeks. So it just feels like, oh, okay. So 11 isn't really that bad, ultimately. I was thinking this was going to be like, super yeah. fast. But obviously the... I feel like <clears throat> sorry, go the ahead. long one is... 
the long one has got to be always September to January, like if it's late September, early October or whatever. It's, Usually. Um, it's about like, I think the, it was like 14 to 16 is usually what that longer one is. Huh. Um, but yeah, anyway, it was surprising to see that this is, well, number one, that that was just the longest. And number two, no, 11 weeks is not that, that short. Like the average is 12.5, which makes sense because there's four sets a year. Um, but that's not even like the shortest amount of time. So 11 is like shorter, but yeah. The time between Zendikar Rising and Kaldheim felt right to me. Like I was, you know, okay, I'm done with this standard season mm -hmm. or I'm excited for new stuff. This one, I'm still excited for Kaldheim stuff. Yeah, I think, I do think that like if Zendikar came out a little bit later, I, I did feel that length. I was like, wow, I am very ready for something else and like kind of starving for it. Um, even though we had Kaladesh in between and, and some other things. And I like understand why they were doing that. And part of it could have been because of like COVID stuff. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But anyway, that seemed to be. It always had something to do with it. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> COVID had something. To but do. I was also thinking that spoilers started too early, like you were saying. So it's a month before the official release spoilers start for the set. Yeah. And I was like, well, this has to be, you know, this is a new thing. This hasn't been happening for a long time. But it has. This has been going on for five years at least. More than that, probably. And I just couldn't find all the information. But yeah, this is... It, for whatever reason, it felt like this was new. But it's not. This is how it's been. It feels the same way to me, man. It just feels very fast. It feels Like, like fast. everything's getting rushed out the door. But like... But it's, it's just normal, I guess. It's just been this way for so long. I was thinking that it's been ramping up. But it hasn't at all. Um Anyway, that's my mini well, rant about realizing I, I was thinking I was just an old man and like getting mad about the new days. But <laughs> back in my day, it's like yeah, back in my day when they didn't have spoilers at all. But that was like you yeah. know, forever. <laughs> that was old border times. Like this isn't. Yeah. I, I gotta stop. That's. I gotta get with that's it. It's even before our day. I know, right? It's like. Anyway, um, so that's my little. Hey, I'm really angry about something, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, uh, never mind. I just. I, no, I'm wrong. I'm completely wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just senile. It's cool. Mm -hmm. We do have uh, spoilers that are coming out or have co coming out that have come out. Wow. This is a really light beer, but I'm already feeling it. So sick. <laughs> um, where should we start, Jeff? Do you think we should just start with the new ones that recently came out on Monday? Or should we go back to those commands we didn't really ever talk about? I like starting with the commands because they give you a kind of a feel for the different factions cool the, uh, that sounds great the set. um uh, yes yeah, so there are five different factions there's uh are they called factions they're called colleges they're called schools college schools yeah schools yeah. right uh so there's lorehold prismari quandrix silver quill and witherbloom right um, and so the first thing that we found out about them was they each have a command and so if you don't know what a command is it's kind of like charm or um you know one of these things that has made its way into the magic's nomenclature where command means an instant or sorcery that's going to give you four options and you get to choose two of them that's what a command yes is sort of code for in the magic world there have been a few cycles of these over the years yeah so anyway how about we just start i'll, I'll let's talk about lorehold first why not sure Cool. All right, so Lorehold Command is three red-white for an instant. As I said, these are all choose two of the following four. I create a three-two red-and-white spirit creature token. 
Creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, and gain indestructible in haste until end of turn. Lorehold Command deals three damage to any target. Target player gains three life. Or sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. Ooh, draw two cards on a Ah. white and red card? This must be Showdown of the Skulls. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Just kidding. So you can play this as like a five mana inspiration or whatever, right? Create the three, two, and then sack it to draw two cards. Yeah. At instant speed, that's good. Uh, ish in, in in sorry, I was gonna say yeah, boros colors. Good, it, I was gonna say boros colors. Funny. I meant uh, lorehold colors. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Boros. What is that? Yeah, we have to retrain ourselves to to say the the correct college. Uh, but any lorehold um, seems nice. I mean, uh, they are telling us that this is supposed to be like um, red and white uh, grouping together in a non combat y t- sort of way. Um, which this doesn't tell right. me it's not combat-y. I mean, you, you do have this, you know, plus one, plus zero, and indestructible in haste, which obviously is like an attack ability. Yeah, but I think part of it is like you often want to use this card on defense because you create the surprise 3-2, and mm-hmm. it actually becomes a 4-2 indestructible. But it also gives, it does give haste, so I think there's just a wide array of applications yeah. this card. The fact that it's five mana kind of tells me that the difference between Lorehold and Boros is that Lorehold isn't going to be quite as aggressive. Yeah. It's going to be more mid-rangey, but probably still creature-centric. I will have to say that Lorehold's weapons are uh, look pretty sweet, but probably ineffective. I mean, that's just like a... <laughs> it's a scroll gun. <laughs> They're like, why did you do Yeah, that? it's a scroll gun. Why did you make this a gun? It's, it's not... <laughs> that's not going to be very effective. Um, so... And then I don't know if this elephant is supposed to be like the teacher or the, the leader of Lorehold. I think so, yeah. So I've heard that there's like a bunch of teachers and different things, and each college was created by a different elder dragon. So we'll probably see these elder dragons, which would be pretty sweet. Oh, I didn't read that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, however, there was a Good Morning Magic that uh, Gavin Verhey did uh, showing the arts for each of the commander decks that are coming out with the set. Um, which is similar to Aquaria last year, where the big commander products coming out with this set. Uh, and those have, they're like the teachers of the different colleges, one of the, the professors, um, that I was originally thinking were going to be the Elder Dragons, and they're not. So that has changed my mind a little bit. But I can't remember if, I think, you know, there's probably a ton of teachers at this place, right? Like, Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll meet one later. Yeah. Uh, this card's pretty good, though. Uh, just at five mana, you're asking a lot. So mm-hmm. whether it's going to see constructed play, I'm not sure. It might be a one or two of if the lore hold mid-range thing ends up working out. But uh, it's definitely very powerful. You're, you're mm-hmm. definitely getting your mana worth here. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's bulky. It is very bulky. But at least it's instant speed. Hey, that's pretty great. Uh, do like that. So this next college... Uh, this is Prismari Command. It's one blue-red for an instant. Choose two. Prismari Command deals two damage to any target. Target player draws two cards, then discards two cards. Target player creates a treasure token and destroy target artifact. This one looks more like the kind of thing that I would do just because it's three mana, and I'm just a sucker for things that don't cost very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you yeah. don't know. Uh, I love this one. Yeah. I think this one is great. This reminds me a lot of Is It Charm, except I get to pick two modes instead of just picking one mm. for an extra mana, which feels worth it to me. It does a lot of the same stuff as Is It Charm does mm-hmm. with the deal two and then the loot two. Yeah. It doesn't counter a spell, but it does either become an Is It Charm by giving you a mana back or uh, destroys an artifact, which is situationally really useful. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, this card just seems like if there's any sort of blue-red-based control deck or even just a graveyard-centric deck might want something like this. And exactly. This card just seems great. I think it seems good. Uh, I do like the... So you could play this card. You could loot two, draw two, loot, or sorry, loot two, or just draw two, discard two. And then if you're somehow playing this in Historic or something and you're playing a graveyard deck, you can destroy their Grafdigger's Cage while throwing things into your bin. Seems pretty sweet. Yeah, I think one of the obvious comparisons if you play Modern or anything like that is Kolagon's Command, because Kolagon's Command has two of the same modes, destroy an artifact and deal two damage. Mm. The other two modes on Kolagon's Command are someone discards a card and you get a creature back from your graveyard. Mm. So it's kind of like the discard a card is worse than this looting a thing, but the getting a creature back from your graveyard is better than either of the other two abilities here. So. Yeah. Um, but it's close. I mean, this card reminds me a lot of Kolagon's Command, which was an all-star. So seems uh, seems exciting. Also, they're the theater kids, and their lighting is superb. I will have to say. Yes, <clears throat> the art is nice. Yes, very nice. Up next, we have the the math magicians, the Quandrix. <laughs> These are the people that can. Uh, what is it? They can recite pi backwards. Recite pi backwards. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so this is an instant. One green, blue. The modes are return target creature planeswalker to its owner's hand, counter target artifact or enchantment spell, put two plus one plus one counters on target creature, and target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. What do you think about this one? I do like this one. So I wish that people actually wanted to play a null because I think the one from Kaldheim looks friggin' sweet. But having obviously having an null on another card that obviously can do more things is always great. Especially this card, if you're playing against, um, like, this will come in handy if you're trying to play against any Yorion decks. If they're playing uh, Binding the Old Gods or anything like that, um, that'll be very useful. Plus being able to, you know, bounce another permanent or uh using this as a combat trick or different things like that seems uh seems good i mean like i don't play a ton of uh green blue decks just because they're not uh, always my favorite but maybe quandrix is the the college that will get me more interested in it because simic has never been something i've loved so yeah i like that they're trying to push you know because simic has just been ramp 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 mm -hmm. ramp for years now and this is a different take on simic right it's telling you to have you know small creatures to put counters on Back to kind of the original actual Simic, yeah. uh, which was Creatures and Counters. None of the modes on this card are good, right? They're all very situational. situational. But I think the fact that they are they are powerful when the situation is right means you could put a card like this in your deck. Like this may be one of those sideboard cards that is good in four different matchups. Mm -hmm. You know, one of those all-star sideboard cards. But I think you definitely need to be playing Creatures because a lot of the time it's going to be one... Uh, situational mode and put two counters on my creature yeah uh, so i'm not sure how good this one is but i think because some of the modes are powerful in the right setting people will play this if if the time is right if there's a deck that plays creatures and then wants answers to artifacts and graveyard hate uh in the same card then this is that totally uh i do love like what you said i do love that it doesn't ramp um <laughs> which is awesome mm -hmm. i kind of expected it to be like growth spiral plus, plus. Like, you know counters uh the, the, yeah. so the extra land you play turns into a creature and then you put counters on the creature and it, it also has haste uh yeah something yeah. like that and it taps for twice as much mana yeah for that turn or something um, or it gets a counter that says this land taps for, for two mana anyway um 
But no, I do. You get an emblem with. Yeah. <laughs> You're a land staff for this. All right. So the next card is Silver Quill Command. It's two white black for a sorcery. This is the first sorcery we've seen. Uh, choose two. Target creature gets plus three plus three and gains flying until end of turn. Return target creature with converted mana. Sorry. <laughs> that just came right out of me. Uh, return target creature with mana value two or less from your the graveyard to the battlefield. Yeah, I know. Uh, target player draws a card and loses one life, and target opponent sacrifices a creature. Um, so what I was going to say about this card is that I was wondering if the reason that they said target player draws a card and then target opponent sacrifices a creature, um, I feel like there might be some situations where you will want to sacrifice a creature for whatever synergies you might have, but it feels like they said opponent just for arena, where they're like, you right. won't screw those up on accident. Like... We are making sure that you don't actually do that. Definitely. They definitely have shown that they are willing to design cards to make them easier for Arena. Yeah. This card comes with a warning, though. If you're, if you're choosing the bottom two modes, you might be like, oh, target a player, and you think you're supposed to be using the second mode, target opponent, and you just click your opponent, and you're drawing them a card. <laughs> make sure you don't do that. Yeah. But, like, is it going to make you click? That's what I was saying. Does, does it actually make you click for your opponent? No, but I don't think it would, but I think the pr if you chose the bottom two options, and then it'll say, choose target player, and you click on your opponent because you think you're targeting for that one, Yeah, and then they draw the card. So know that this and card... just goes straight through. Yeah, this card is probably saying, you target yourself if you're going to draw a card, and then everything else will just happen. Yeah, as far as the card itself, I'm not really seeing it. This feels too expensive. It does feel expensive because... Most of the decks that are playing like the two mana creatures in the graveyard are already playing Luris. And I get that this is trying to, I mean, like it wants to fit in that white black world of like, you know, white likes little stuff and uh, black lights things in your graveyard. So this brings little stuff back from your graveyard. But um, just like every two things I pair to try to get a card out of this, it doesn't feel like it's worth four mana. Yeah. Okay. And I guess the flexibility is that's part of it, is yours. But it also doesn't feel all that flexible. Yeah, I mean... I don't know, maybe there's very specific decks that want, like, one of these at the top end or two, but uh, I'm prepared to, to be wrong here. I'll lose to this card, but uh, yeah. I don't think I'll be brewing with this card right now. I mean, days. maybe this is um, this is the card that's like, all right, give my Death Shadow plus three plus three and flying, return my other Death Shadow from my graveyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's for the Death Shadow, that's it. It does say lose a life on it, so there you go. <laughs> Possibly. Yes, this is the hero that Orzov Death, Death Shadow needs in Historic. Or it'd be crazy good as an instant, actually. I think it'd be really good as an instant. Yeah. Because you just, like, return something and draw a card. That seems sick. great. Even if just, like, to attack next turn, not even to, like, do tricky stuff with blocks. If it was in... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always want instants more than sorceries, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. Do you want to bring us bring us home with this his other sorcery? <laughs> The other one, Wither Bloom Command. Green, black. Love it already. <laughs> Choose two. Target player mills three cards, then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Destroy target non-creature non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until end of turn. Target opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. I don't really know what to say about this one. This is... <laughs> you know, it just... I'm just disappointed, man. Yeah... People are people are going crazy over this card. They, you know, I, I have people saying it's the best one I mean, that I'm it, reading and, and buy a lot and stuff. I think it sucks, man. It costs two. 
Um, so that's yeah. Great. I mean, that's it, I like that's it. nice. That's the only thing about the card I like. The rest of it's like, oh, man, when am I using some of these modes? And I know they're talking even about legacy and stuff like that because that that's where cheap cards really matter. But uh, doesn't this card suck there too? Yeah, I guess I'm. I can't imagine a deck that wants all of these modes. It's hard that a situation like, where you want these modes. The destroy the non-land, non-creature thing is rough. Um, but I guess yeah. it's just like, <laughs> oh, crazy. Oh, right. Well, then at least like in our format, it's like, what, what are you trying to hit with this if you're blowing things up? Like, okay, so you want to grab a land from your graveyard and blow something up. Sometimes you're going to get a two for one, right? Where you get a land and you kill their one one. Yeah. But you can't put this in your deck. But what assuming one? Assuming your opponent's going to have X ones. What what one one are like, you? I don't know the stupid one one fireblade charger out of mono red. You can't. You know? you, it's an it's, like, it's non creature though. You can't hit that. No, I'm talking about target oh, creature gets sorry. minus three minus one. Gotcha. So you can kill X ones with it. <laughs> I, well, okay. So it is great against that charger because then the charger won't deal any damage when it dies. So that's good. Um, I don't know about great, but yeah. Okay, sorry. That's like one of the best (laughs) targets, right? Because the other ones, you don't really care if its power is less than zero. But with the charger, you do. I don't know. This is the worst Seder Wayfinder ever. Why why don't they just give me Seder Wayfinder? I'd be so much happier with that. Yeah. I'm hoping to be wrong on this one because this is my favorite color combination. Yeah. And I'd love for like a rock deck. And if this card, you know, could help that become a possibility, that'd be great, but... I wonder if this card was designed to counter adventures because it kills the innkeeper and it blows up the uh, Lucky Clover. Maybe. And then the Lucky Clover got banned, and so now it looks weird. Mm -hmm. That does make sense. Uh, I think building the, the hate for that deck is like, it's way too far away, though. It is years off, right? But Lucky Clover got banned... Only a year ago, so, so this could have been designed. Luckily, Clover got banned in like September, so yeah, less than a year ago. True, maybe that's what they had in mind, but with I, that destroy target, non-creature, I mean, sure non-land permanent. I, I that does make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Hits witch's oven. That's true. It does hit witch's oven and kills the the cat. Those are the only permanents I could think of <laughs> that this kills. I don't know, control sometimes plays like search for his canta. I guess it could. Nope, it's not gonna. No, I don't like it. It's a weird one. <laughs> I think it's a weird one. I it, it will it will take playing with this card. I think to really get it, uh, because I'm I'm not seeing it right now. I'd strongly prefer Seder Wayfinder. It looks at more cards and it does more things that can block things that aren't X ones. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff, uh, I wanted to get to these Planeswalkers and do some predictions before our next beers but i'm out of beer right now all right well i guess the how is your beer doing i'm pretty much done too all right well let's get some more beers before we talk about these other cards all righty i honestly think you've brought a purple beer more often than you've brought a beer of any other (laughs) regular (laughs) purple beer anytime i see something that's like Something berry, something blueberry, something whatever. <laughs> I'm usually going to pick it up. Um, yeah. But now I got this Vermont IPA. All right. Cheers, bud. Mm. Cheers. All righty. Yeah. So we went through the commands, uh, which is what we thought the only thing we we're going to talk about for this episode. But we got some surprise new cards uh, on Monday. We got two Planeswalkers. Yes. Uh, 
Kazmina Enigma Sage and Professor Onyx. So um, let's let's start with Kazmina. All right. So Kazmina Enigma Sage, one green blue for a legendary planeswalker. Kazmina has a static ability. Each other planeswalker you control has the loyalty abilities of Kazmina. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Has plus two, scry one, minus X, put a zero, zero, green and blue fractal creature token uh, onto the battlefield, create one, put X plus one plus one counters on it, and then minus eight, search your library for an instant or sorcery card that shares a color with this planeswalker, exile that card, then shuffle, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost, and it starts with two loyalty, so it comes down with two, can immediately tick up to four, or it can immediately make a one-one to defend itself. Interesting. Um, so first, of course, this is a three-mana, green-blue planeswalker. Um, <laughs> so you already have like flags going up a little bit. However, there seems to be there's probably some little shenanigans. The first thing that seemed interesting about this to me was if you're playing. Um, Jace from Zendikar Rising, who makes two planeswalkers, and then both of them have these okay. abilities, seems just because that's just immediately that's only two cards with three planeswalkers. Um, I don't know if it's any good because they all scry, but <laughs> it's a lot of scry. They're like you scry and then you scry again, you scry <laughs> some more. Um, but you could make a whole crap load of tokens. That's true. Uh, yeah. so that does seem interesting, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm just immediately looking at this and thinking there's something busted about it probably, but as usual, I'm looking at it being like, eh, it doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> yeah. So the most interesting part for sure is the static, right? Of course. Giving its abilities to all other planeswalkers. The actual abilities are kind of meh. Mm -hmm. There's a few different things I could see. Um, one way to try to abuse this is to just play a planeswalker that has like an absurdly high loyalty um, and try to ultimate it very quickly, like get this minus eight. Yeah, so you're talking so, about Kiora from War of the Spark? Who's <laughs> like, what yeah, something like, like that. Like seven or something? <clears throat> and then it has a plus, uh, plus two right away, and then you can just ultimate it next turn. That is true. It does make all the War of the Spark uncommon planeswalkers have an ultimate now and be able to take up either way. And it gives them a plus two, which is huge, yeah. right? Like, that's the other thing, is now Narset can plus two and then get you another card later. Yeah, um, and just be there. I'm most interested in the thing I immediately thought of. You thought of Jace. I immediately thought of Teferi activating the plus two twice a tur turn cycle and just, like, skyrocketing up to his ultimate to take several turns. That does sound awful, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or he could just, like, make a 1-1 one, one every turn. So I kind of want to go turn 3 Kazmina into turn 4 Teferi, and then it's just like, you have ter two turns before I take three in a row, so you better kill this. Oh, man. Uh, but as you say, the bar's pretty low for a 3-mana Planeswalker. Mm -hmm. But this kind of has to, on its own, this just isn't that good. So it has to combine with another Planeswalker, and that's why I think it's safe to assume it's not busted. Exactly. Because... You're going to need two Planeswalkers in play, and then at least a turn or two, you know, of having defended them to make this a thing that uh, really runs away with the game. And I think at that point, your opponent <laughs> has enough points of interaction that it's not like there's just nothing they can do. Exactly. 
Um, yeah. So it will be exciting to see what this card does. However, uh, I would like to watch that happen from the outside, and um, I will probably not be doing any of it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's pretty good, but I just don't think... Mm-hmm. I don't think it's so obviously powerful that it's it it demands a home. Yeah. So it might slot into something, but... Uh, but we'll know. see. It, like, is it worth it trying to come up with all these crazy Planeswalker combos uh, when you could just be doing the old adventures thing <laughs> exactly yeah it seems like a lot of work um it is fun to see that uh this static ability because the other one we had seen was from bolas in war of the spark where bolas gets all of the uh, abilities from all the planeswalkers this is right. like the opposite reverse bolas yeah. yeah um which is pretty cool so if you have if you have both what happens then the bolas can just do it do it again twice but not <laughs> Like, if I click on my bolus when I have two pla- these two Planeswalkers out, how many fucking options are there? It's just going to be like, you know, give you all the... Which replacement effect do you want or whatever? Or like it's you have these to, abilities like six over times. Over and over. It's just like scroll. <laughs> it just says plus two, scry one, over and over and over and over. Yeah. Um, anyway. But Bolas, does he steal static abilities? No, right? Mm, that would no. be weird. <laughs> I don't think so. I, must, I, be, must be loyalty. It's, it says loyalty abilities, yeah. That one seems pretty interesting, but the one that everyone's like talking about is Professor Onyx. So it's four black black for a five loyalty planeswalker. It has magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So that's showing us that this magecraft is going to be an ability that's in Strixhaven, which seems pretty sweet. It has a plus one, you lose one life, and then look at the top three cards of your library and put one of them in your hand and the rest in your graveyard. Minus three, each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that that player controls. Or minus eight, each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. And then you repeat this process six times. Oh, also... That doesn't sound so weird, Zach. What's uh, Oh, oh, also, sorry. What's all the fuss about? Uh, it's a legendary planeswalker, Liliana. So that is... Oh pretty exciting <laughs> uh, i thought you said professor onyx yes that is liliana's name on strixhaven apparently pulling a, a tybalt move here yeah okay so we just had tybalt who ran away from the war and disguised himself as somebody on Kaldheim. liliana was also running away from the war after it happened and is disguising herself as somebody else on strixhaven is this going to happen in the other sets that we have? Is there going to be a mysterious yeah. guest at the vampire wedding that's actually Dovin Bond or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. That that sounds great. <laughs> um, Dovin Bond with those like uh, toy vampire fangs that you put in for Halloween. Yeah. Um, anyway, this card uh, doesn't seem that good to me. Yeah. So in so in. Obviously, in Arena, which is what we talk about all the time, the other Liliana, the Dreadhorde General, just seems a lot better. Um, yeah, of course, that card's not in standard. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. Um, I guess I'm, I only see, obviously, I only see that card in Historic. But, I mean, like, what would this, you, you, maybe there's, like, some sort of Silver Quill uh, spells deck that this could go in, and you can drain your opponents out. Maybe you play it and you just, you know, get to play a ton of the uh, uh, Wither Bloom commands because they're so cheap and then drain your opponents out while draining people with your um, Wither Bloom as well. Um, so you're like double draining. 
Yeah. Uh, the big thing that people are talking about is more of a legacy combo with this from a card from Onslaught, uh, which uh, is kind of more of in arms thing about it, uh, why it's getting a lot more attention. Um, but as far as like arena goes, this looks like one of those six mana planeswalkers that gets relegated to, you know, the the arena binders, as it were. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just nobody's gonna play this. They will play it in brawl. Uh, and that's what I will. Sure, yeah. Seems like a sweet Brawl Commander. Seems like a fun six drop right after you play your Turgrid. But, um, yeah, besides that. Yeah, normally I'm excited about, uh, you know, big Liliana mm -hmm. Planeswalkers, but normally they have some sort of reanimation or something cool going on. This is The interesting thing to me is that Magecraft, you know, in the past would have probably been a red-blue ability. Yes. Um, and it would deal damage or something. Uh, so it's interesting they're putting this on a black card. I think that tells us something a bit about the set that Magecraft might be a bit more ubiquitous than you might expect it to be in other sets. Yeah, that does seem like pretty interesting in the Spellslinger type of world that we're going into and that each color pair has a spell. It's like oriented in spells, um, but the different things that they do will, will change depending on what colors you're in. Um, I guess the last, like, no, like there aren't really many mechanics that are similar to this, right? Mm, I mean, it's, it feels most like prowess to me. It's just that prowess would be a specific type of magecraft, I guess. Yeah, because prowess just like, that's a keyword where you just like, it does the same thing every time. Um, yeah. This is kind of like spell mastery, where they were trying to do that in Origins, where but it cared about a threshold in your um, graveyard. Right. Uh, and this is just like, play this card, play spells. So I'm excited for all the, like, the one and two drop magecraft cards that will come out and um if those happen to be pretty great there could be some cool but this card this card's just too expensive <laughs> i think it's too expensive you're right um especially because you play this and then have a six mana planeswalker that you drew a card off of or made them yeah. sacrifice their biggest creature but well okay so they they sacrifice their love stroke beast but they have like a, you know a couple giants and different things on the board still so like, I feel uh, like that minus three could have been better, given the, the overall underwhelming stats on this card. The minus three could have just exiled something, you know, or, or killed something. Yeah, as opposed to just, like, the biggest thing you have. I don't know, it looks pretty sweet, but I don't... It's another one of those things where it's like, I just... It's not going to be a card I'm, like, immediately trying to build stuff around. No. It's also mythic, well, and I have to waste so many cards, yeah. wild cards, to get a place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whatever. But that brings us to the end of the uh, cards we know about from Strixhaven. Yes. All right, so let's get to the real meat of this episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> just about uh, whatever. Um, so, do we? Do you have any like predictions? What we think we're going to see in Strixhaven? What uh, you're hoping to see? Um, stuff that we might know about or hinted at? Those kinds of things. Uh, what are we expecting? Well, one of my predictions for this show was going to be that Kazmina is uh, in the set. And now that's not much of a prediction because yesterday they revealed to us that she is. There you go. So that, that takes away one of them. Um, I think the biggest one is about the last or another Planeswalker mm -hmm. that's going to be in the set, right? Um, and I think this is confirmed from packaging that Will and Rowan are actually in the set. They are, yes. We know that for sure. Um, they will be there. Um, so 
it does seem pretty exciting. So we met Will and Rowan in Battlebond. They were two separate planeswalkers. And then on Eldraine, their home plane, they were one card. Um, right. And in this one, because we know there's going to be MDFCs, it would be really sweet if one side was Rowan and the other side was Will. Yeah, I mean, that's just such a slam dunk that I feel like it it's got has to happen. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. we just... <laughs> that feels almost confirmed to me at this it point. It feels like it. Um, and if they don't do that, they're going to be like, oh, shit, that would have been cool, huh? Yeah, we should have done that, Dan. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they just showed us, like, you know, with Valky, you can have a creature into a, a planeswalker. Um, yeah. So as long as one of them isn't you know really cheap and the other one's really expensive we won't have any weird shenanigans with that if they're both like if they're like four and six or something then you're like sweet um nothing super busted but uh we'll see how you know what they'll be the other uh will and rowan cards have been pretty underwhelming to me so maybe this will be the time that they shine because they went to college and got better but yeah um, (laughs) do you think they learned from liliana well, looking at their colors, they're probably Prismari, so they probably... I don't know if they have... Uh, Professor Onyx is not their teacher, but... I don't know. Harry learns from Snape, you know what I'm saying? That is very true. Um, though the way... like They did a breakdown where they showed us the different colleges... Because it, it seems like they're in different colleges, not just all houses in the same school. It seems like there's legit... It's a plane with... There are five different colleges. You choose one of them, you go there, you become that, right? Okay. So there's like a little map on one of the things that Wizards sent out that has like a uh, kind of shows you what it looks like. So you're like, oh, you can, they're kind of like, uh, it's like Kaldheim where there's the different realms. Right. There's one like main place that's like the quad where everyone just hangs out. And then you go to your college, which is different. Yeah. I'm still, you know, holding on to our prediction from a long time ago about the MDFCs that it's going to be like, some sort of legendary character, maybe these elder dragons, or maybe the just the leaders of the, the college. And the flip side will be their signature spell. So it'll be an instant or sorcery, and it'll be their, you know... Their favorite. Spell that character is known for. Yeah. You know? It would be sweet if they just named the spell, like, in, like, real magic names. As opposed to, like, just... Like, sorry, what I'm saying is... Um, it'd be nice if like abracadabra or yeah kind of like that but not actually abracadabra ababa da baba um yeah. if stupefy was an already a card like stupefy or something as opposed to uh-huh. um the the character it's not like it's not like liliana and then the flip side is liliana's death curse or something you know it'd be nice right. if they named the spell and that was just what it was because in war of the spark they had a bunch of like uh, this character yeah, yeah. and this character's friend or this character and this character's favorite sword or whatever. Um, and this would be just like them and then ha- what they say when they cast their, their spell. Right. Could be cool. I, I kind of hope the, the spells get legendary names and not, you're right, not just like yeah. so-and-so's fire but last. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot of Kaya's ghost form. So I'm like, man, if that just said ghost form and had a picture of Kaya yeah. on it, it would have been fucking sweet. <laughs> Um, yeah. I would have taken it more seriously as a card a long time ago. <laughs> if it, if it I still don't take it seriously as a card. It's but. pretty good. It's one of the best cards in the deck. Um, yeah, but I don't take that deck very seriously. All right. So. Well, I did <laughs> do just as well as you in the last turn. <laughs> and I kept a hand with no lands. 
That's true. I never did that. Yeah, that made... I certainly drew a few hands like that. But yeah, I didn't for, keep them. For some reason, I didn't keep them. <laughs> um, so, okay, this is my prediction. Are you, are you ready for this one? Because this I'm one's ready. all right. So, I am predicting there will be a card that depicts students either throwing a frisbee, playing hacky sack, or doing something crazy like a like a keg stand or something. Like that is some college oriented thing that's like very like Greek life or something. And they're going to they're going to have one card that depicts these students doing something like that. Um, similar like it's, it's going to be like goofy line of uh, like the gingerbread man. Right. Okay. Like that's that's the like where you can tell they're playing hacky sack, but maybe they're with fireballs or something, you know, um, right. yeah, yeah. just to give you like that college life feel. That's why they're like tossing around Krillin's disc or whatever. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. Um, now we've already seen like um, there was that partner pair. I think it was in Battle Bond where they're like playing fetch. It's like a one character and he throws a frisbee to his dog. So you know, close. There you go. Yeah. So I'm thinking hacky sack. I might go with hacky sack. We're gonna see some. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I could think of. If I don't, if I don't get Will holding Rowan's feet while she does a keg stand, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> That'll be the alt art, is what it's gonna be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Secret lair, you know, like hazing. Oh. <laughs> Secret lair frat party. <laughs> frat party. Wait, that sounds awesome. Secret lair frat party. <laughs> and like everyone on Twitter is getting so excited about Professor Onyx and everything's get, like people are getting hot and heavy over it. <laughs> it's literally just like an 80s like <laughs> it's an 80s movie party movie with <laughs> all the kids. That's so funny. I love it already. We should pitch this to wizards. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so I have an idea for your new set. You've already printed all the cards, but yeah. I think maybe they'll get John Hughes to do a movie for Strixhaven it's just like is Ryan Reynolds available uh maybe he could be Will who could be Rowan Jennifer Lawrence Ryan Reynolds Jennifer Lawrence Will and Rowan Kenrith there we go Jason Momoa Garuk <laughs> now we have something to pitch to Hollywood too. yeah there we go the Rousseau <laughs> brothers all right so I know you're working on your Netflix thing for magic but this is what we're gonna do instead scrap that scrap that <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, wow, did we get off the rails? Holy moly. <laughs> what are we talking about? I think this set just t- tends to do that, man. If you're not talking Harry Potter, you're talking keg stands. It's so... I don't know. Um, it basically comes down to... I don't exactly know what's going to go on in the set. I think... How many creatures are they going to print? Um, five? One for each? <laughs> Everything else is just a spell that makes a creature. Boom. That's a prediction for you. It's like reverse scourge. Yeah. Or legions, or yeah. legions, legions. That's the one. Yeah. Well, there's only five, five uh, creatures printed, and they're all half creature, half spell because the backside is. A it's spell. a spell. So, do you think there's going to be a um, a super busted magecraft card, like ban worthy magecraft card? No. Okay. That's I'm, I'm going out. I'm taking the. Uh, the no, magecraft is going to be no. perfectly fine. No problems. I think they're going to kind of design it intentionally to not be that good. Mm-hmm. Just because this type of thing. Because it, it's kind of like a storm type deal. Yeah. And uh, they've had issues with that in the past. Exactly. So I think they're going to kind of intentionally design them so that uh, 
I got really good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, make it a limited thing with a few kind of chase rares that have it. Yeah, I just feel like there's going to be something. Even if it's just something simple, like making, like, a 1-1 one, one or, or something like that. There there will be... I feel like there will be something that... Maybe... Uh, if there's a Magecraft thing that's just, like, another white card that says make a 1-1 one, one when you cast a spell, and then you're playing um, the other one from Kaldheim, and you're just making a white token deck. Uh, t- I'll tell you what it is. It's it's Magecraft Pack Rat. Whenever you cast a spell, create a token that's a copy of this card. And so each spell doubles your token. And its power and toughness is equal to the number of creatures you control. That seems sweet. That's the busted card? There you go. Is that busted? That's the busted card. Or is Magecraft that just, Pack Rat. Or that is that just, like, awesome? <laughs> Maybe it's, a, it's an aura that says... Uh, Enchanted creature has magecraft. Whenever you cast a spell, make a, <laughs> a copy of oh, this. Damn. <laughs> so what you do is you put that on your scoot swarm, and then you play a land. And then you... <laughs> Gross. <laughs> then you play Mythos of Aluna, and the game crashes. <laughs> I think it's time to draft. I think it's time to draft. <laughs> Excited um, for Strixhaven, kind of. I mean, still a ways out, but... Switching gears, go into the Kaldheim Championship Fantasy Draft that uh, is today. So the Kaldheim Championship yeah. is this weekend. It has the MPL and Rivals players, as well as challengers that are outside of the uh, the pro pool, I guess. Um, Circuit? Yeah, and it's a full-blown tournament, uh, kind of like a pro tour, uh, is, is essentially what its right. uh, equivalent is is um so the the tournament is friday saturday and sunday of uh i don't have the dates in front of me but this weekend um tomorrow the day after and the day after that. yeah 26 27 28 that's what it is um and it's a split format of standard and historic uh there are 15 rounds of swiss seven standard eight historic and the top eight is standard this time which in zendikar rising it was historic so this is pretty exciting same is going to be pretty important um yeah basically what we do is we have a fantasy sports draft and we make teams if you know us um uh you know that i am very bad at this <laughs> but is that what's happening or is it just that your opponent is so top notch i think that, that my opponent has <laughs> just blind luck uh, that happens to just like somehow win every time um, but what we do is we draft three MPL players, four Rivals players, and then we uh, pick the highest meta and top performing deck for each format that these players are playing for. And then at the end of all the league weekends and call time, or the, sorry, all the league weekends and championships, the winner receives a weird 2 4 of beer from the loser. And Jeff, would you like yes. to explain what a 2 4 is for those who don't understand Canadian things? Yeah. 2-4 is Canadian for a 24-pack. So this is going to be a curated selection of 24 of the finest or the worst. Up to up to you. Uh, beers for the winner. All right. Um, this specific one this weekend is extremely important. Because if I don't win, the, <laughs> the fantasy draft is over for the season and I have lost... <laughs> <laughs> right now jeff is up what are you three to one four to one it's three one so it's three one three one so if you lose i think then you have to win out no that was last time or something right oh that was last time that was last time because okay 
if you win, it's four to one. And then uh, there are... Oh, no. Maybe you are right. Wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I feel better if you, now. You have, this is your last one to give, basically. Okay. All right. I was feeling, I was feeling the heat. Okay. okay. I feel better now. Great. All right. All right now so, just relax. You're, don't think about your draft too much. This one is really important because uh, it's the, the beginning of my road to victory. Um, I see. Yes, that's why it's really important. Um, this is the one I'm going to win and then keep and never stop mm-hmm. winning. Actually, no. So actually, this week is really important because our teams not only count for this week, but they also count for the Strixhaven League weekend number one. Yeah. So basically what's going on, this championship and the first Strixhaven League weekend are so close together, we decided we would just draft them both at the same time. Double draft. Exactly. Double draft. Hopefully my team's okay. So hopefully it works out. (laughs) So what you're saying is this week's super important because it's not just one week. Yes, it is this week and next week. Um. And so if I draft a bad team for this weekend, I mean, hopefully they do better the next weekend, but, um, you know, knowing my record, it's probably not super great. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so how it boils down is that we both, we each get a point for each win an MPL or Rivals player gets. I put these other ones in. I can't remember if this is actually what we did last time, but we might do it. Well, I should probably talk right now about it. Um you get an extra point if your player top eights, and then an extra point if your player wins the whole tournament. Is that what we did? And in... yeah, um, but I think like if they top eight, that's just one extra point for top eighting. But then also they have a chance to get more wins. Exactly. Yeah. So you end up top eighting. You could get two, three more points. Or you it. could just you could top eight and then lose both of your matches and just get the extra point for getting top eight because that's so unachievable. Right, and that's why that's there because you know it's you should, it's just because like your top you eight get, your top eight player should get more than a player that missed the top eight. Exactly. Even if they had the same record ultimately, where you go to the top eight, you don't even win anything. Um, and if you win the whole thing, you get an extra point. Uh, you get two points for each of the meta categories, which is highest meta percentage and, um, uh, sorry, highest meta percentage for both standard and historic. And then you get two points for beating your opponent's meta percentage and then two points for top performing deck and beating right. your opponent's top performing deck. All right. So now we're at the point where our episode would end. So let's start. Our t- <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. I'm excited. Okay. Do you have the ceremonial toonie? That's the important question. Of course I do. Who the fuck do you think I am? All right. In the middle of this draft, we might need to go to a beer break because this one's running long. All right. Call it in the air, Jeff. Tails. Wow. You got to stop doing that. It's heads again, man. Are you cheating? I'm not cheating. (laughs) Also, even if I did, it wouldn't matter because I always get to pick first and it doesn't matter. (laughs) Maybe picking first is I'm going to need to inspect that toonie later. I think it has the queen on both sides. It is, in fact, queen on both sides. Just kidding. <laughs> no, it's got the bear on one side. Um, it's on me for choosing tails, then, I guess. Every time you choose tails, and only one time it's it coming. It never fails. That's what I've been told. I, uh, through, through, whatever. You're wrong. doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, you put me in a terrible position every time we do this, because I always win the coin flip. And it doesn't matter whether I 
defer or I go first. I always end up uh, just, you know, doing pretty badly. So um, with this one, I hate this. I'm going to, I will defer. You can go first in MPL. I get to go first in MPL. Yeah. Oof. Mind games have begun already. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this we're, we're solid here at the top of the standings for the MPL. I think I'd be crazy not to select the person currently in first place because they've been in first place since literally the first week of this event. Or I think maybe second week. Second second event they took over first place. Uh, I'm going to select Paulo Vitor, Demo de Rosa. Yeah. Okay. So I knew I was giving up PBDDR by giving you that. But I think, as you've said, Rivals wins weekends. This isn't a weekend, though. That's true. Holy shit. Oh, this is a championship. Yeah. Fuck. Whatever. <laughs> um, as you have picked seed number one, I will, of course, go ahead and pick seed number two with uh, Yellow Hat himself, Gabriel Nassif. Yes. Yes. I feel like those are just always going to be the number one and two from now on yeah it's uh it's yeah, really they've just been dominating they're just had they just haven't had bad weeks right yeah um so it's hard not to to pick them okay with my second pick i'm gonna choose someone who's actually usually on your team but i'm mm. feeling that uh, he's gonna come in hot oh for this shit event. really yeah he, uh, <laughs> he always does well here i'm gonna choose brad nelson what the let's fuck? get him on my team okay oh, pv and brad i'm feeling good that's fine all right I am picking this person only because they tweeted that they feel very confident about their deck choices for this tournament. And this player burned me last time, but I'm going to hold on to him. Oh. Seth Manfield, <laughs> don't let me down. Okay. I need you, buddy. Come on. Okay, good pick. Good pick. I like how you're uh, trusting him to bounce back after last time. Hopefully. I'm torn. I'm torn between two guys here. Hmm. You know what, though? I'm going to go with Reed Duke for my third selection. <sighs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. These ones are hard here at the end. So I originally was going to draft um, Andre Strasky, mm -hmm. but he does seem very iffy about his deck choices. He, fe he feels very hot medium, I believe, about them. So oh, okay. that worries me. And as I'm trying to do better than I have in the past, I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to go... You know what? I'm going to go with my gut. <laughs> and my Just... gut says, go back to that well that you had last time. Autumn Burchett. Okay. Wow. It's been a while, Autumn. Good teams. Yeah, I was, I was between Reed and Andre for my third pick, um, and for me, it's just I think Andre's team tests with Brad Nelson's team, and so mm -hmm. it's like if their deck choices weren't great, it's going to hit me twice as hard if I take Andre. Exactly. Um, okay, so rivals. I get to go first for rivals. This is also hard. They're both hard. It's all uh, hard. <laughs> turns out this is difficult. It is very, even when you only have one opponent, maybe that's especially because you only have one opponent. It's not as like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just picked the, the person that comes to me or whatever. I think this player is going to go three weeks, three weeks hot 
He's on the hot train. He's so hot right now. Ely Cassis. I'm just taking him. Yeah, that's a good. I think he's just going to keep going. He's just going to keep going. Okay. That's a good pick. You know, I would just take the the guy who's tied with him for first, but I think I'm going to I'm going to venture off a little bit here. I'm going to take somebody who's been absolutely rock solid every single week in this league, and I'm going to take Matt Sperling. Okay. All right. Fuck. What do I pick, man? This Rivals is so hard now. It used to be a lot easier, but now it's really rough. Yeah. I don't feel good about this, uh, the, um, the check house this time around. It seems like they haven't got it. Um, but maybe that's good. Maybe... maybe all right, no, I don't. I don't know. Fuck. My my strategy this round mm-hmm. or this time this draft was try less hard because the other times I've been looking up stuff, researching people, and just failing. So this time I was like, all right, just pick them as you see them. Uh, here we go. Gut. Okay, go with my gut, and my gut is telling me I got the guy in the hot streak. I'm gonna pick up the guy on the slump. And that's LSV. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take LSV. Okay, good pick, good pick. I was hoping to get him fourth, you know. I know, you can't. It's just like you can't leave him on the table. It's hard to pick him as your first. Yeah. As your first pick, it's hard. But, um, yeah, leaving him on the table just seems like the wrong decision. But oh, yeah. it could it could be. Still one of the best players in the world, you know. I know. Just had a couple of bad performances. Exactly. So it's time to bounce back, hopefully. I like the pick. Well, he's still here, so I think since you took LSV, I'll just take Stanislav Sivka. And uh, I'll rely yeah, on this okay. check house, you know? I'll be, I'll be team you check house ahead. over here, even though I, I only have one. Yeah. Uh, but Brad Nelson tests with him. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to take Stanislav Sivka, which I don't feel, I feel like it's not going to be a great pick. I really don't know. Um, he's just so good, man. Even if he has the wrong decks, he's still so good. Uh, I know. I'm going to take uh, Luca Magni. Ah, smart. Pick the guy who top-aided the last championship. Yeah, you know, might as well. I, I Autumn, who went to mm-hmm. <laughs> close. <laughs> You're just team top-aided last time. <laughs> I'm just, hey, these guys did Gabnessy, good last time. Autumn. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so next person I'm going to pick, I trust them. Trust them to do well. They've been pretty solid. And they're just uh, a great deck builder. They always come with something interesting, or at least an interesting spin on whatever they bring. I'm going to take Chris Patella. Oh, okay. Then I'm just going to go with the guy with just, you know, just a beautiful name. Zachary Keeney. Team Zachary, huh? Yeah, I like it. With my last selection, I am going to choose Brad Nelson. Sorry, I mean Mike Sigrist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I'll just be t- Team Brad Nelson over here. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I'm really happy that you got you get to have um, Paola Vito Dama de Rosa on your team. Uh, that's great. Yes, yes. <laughs> Paola. One of Strixhaven's um, so, top students. Yes. So if you don't know, Mark Rosewater had posted something talking about uh, there's a card that's going to have Paolo's face imbued on it. Like um, Javier Dominguez is the uh, well, fervent champion. Fervent um, champion. But, yes. Yeah, so when uh, 
the announcement came out, Mark Rosewater spelled Paolo's name Paola Vito Dama de Rosa. And uh, so Paolo uh, tweeted out, hey, look at this cool thing. Also, they only spelled my name wrong twice. So uh, that was hilarious <laughs> and also just so ridiculous. How does like the designer of the, the head designer of the game spell the the best player's name wrong? It's yeah. nuts. Well, I thought about selecting Paola, uh, Paola yeah. Vito, but I decided to go with Paolo Vitor instead. Yeah. Um, Probably because you'll get some a tough points call, that way. Though. Yeah, because otherwise you get zero yeah. points. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? They might misspell his name and then all the points go to Paola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if they misspell Paolo's name in the tournament, <laughs> you lose all your points. Uh, <laughs> I think that's good. Oh, uh, yeah, but he's the reigning world championship, so he gets a card uh, with his likeness. Exactly. That's where, why this is happening. Yeah. All right, now for, the, now for the money shots here. Ew, totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, standard meta. Are we just going to go at the same time? Or are we, should we just one, two, three, and then just say our standard? I don't mind going first on this one. Like, whatever you say is not going to affect what I have picked. So I mean, whatever I you're like going to... probably true the other way as well. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, um, because this is a tournament with... I don't know if I'd make this pick if it was a league weekend, but because it's a tournament with uh, challengers, I'm just going to choose Sultai, Sultimatum as uh, my yeah. most played okay. archetype because people just love that deck. Uh, they do. I, I'm also going to pick that um, just because I know it's super popular. Yeah, it's it's just been one of the most popular decks week in, week out, even if it doesn't do well. <laughs> so that just means that people just want to play. They want this deck to be good. Mm-hmm. I think if it was a league weekend, I would never bet on this because it's such a small metagame that I don't think people would take this. We saw last time almost nobody brought this. But because uh, it's a big tournament with challengers, I'm, uh, I'm expecting a lot of this deck. Yeah. Well, also, that, that weekend we had seen... Uh the rise of mono white and mono red and then mono red did so poorly so we'll, we'll see if uh this deck comes in full force and does you know very poorly in this tournament uh as far as top performing deck in standard oh boy do i just feel so <laughs> out of the loop rakdos <laughs> yeah rakdos. okay yeah i'll pick Rakt- <laughs> rakdos what, what's a rakdos deck in standard <laughs> Just Rakdos? I don't think there are any. Uh, never again. I'm never picking Rakdos ever again for anything. Um, oh, man. I really hope Rakdos is the right answer. Yeah, with how standard goes, it does feel like it's going to be... It'll probably be, I think, Gruel Adventures. Just because I do think a lot of teams or players are going to know, hey, Sultimatum is like the big deck. Gruel Adventures can can just steamroll that one and just go so fast. Um, and we're not going to be as worried about the the uh, Nye Adventures deck, but, you know, who fucking knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard with these... It does these, get kind these, of pounded on by the Nye Adventures deck. I know, but these, like, championships are so rough because um, it has to get into the top eight and you play more of the other format going into that top eight. So I'm just going to say Gruel because I think... More people are going to take Saltai, and I think that matchup's just better. And uh, okay. I'm just going to stick with I that. Was along, uh, <laughs> I was thinking along. I was thinking along similar lines, but I was thinking uh, Teamer, 
Teamer Adventures. Okay. Um, and this is specifically the like, uh, the like. It's sometimes called Teamer Turns or whatever. With oh, Teamer Turns. Yeah. Epiphany. I don't mean I don't mean Wet Gruel like splashing in yeah. the sideboard. I mean that that deck that uh, mm. <laughs> that has Allrun's Epiphany and like uh, the Dragon and brazen borrowers and stuff mm-hmm. um i just think uh, a lot of people are gonna bring sultimatum this deck beats it a lot of people um i actually expect a surprising number of people are gonna bring cycling and i think this deck beats cycling it is hard to say because this deck you know because it goes a little bigger sacrifices some of the smaller matchups so it just depends on what the metagame is gonna look like but mm-hmm. I- i'm liking this deck i'm mm-hmm. i'm gonna lock in teamer Team Returns or Team Adventures here. Team Returns. Um, So going into Historic, it is pretty hard now. It seems extremely uh, easy at first, okay? I know what the best deck is going to be. Let's go into it. But if we're splitting Jund up into Jund Sack and Jund Food, it makes it so much harder. Um, Because before I was like... I think we definitely have to to do that. Yeah, you can't just say Jund. (laughs) <laughs> no, because initially, well, and it feels like they're so similar, but there are some key, obviously, key differences of the decks. Because um, mm-hmm. originally, I was like, oh, for sure, it's just going to be Junsack. Let's go. And then after this last weekend, right. there's all these Jun food decks, um, and that's just going to get split up. And I'm like, what's happening? Again, this is one of those hard things where <laughs> I felt like I had something so solid, and then when the within the last couple of days, I'm like. Everything I know is wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's basically between two two choices, though, right? Yeah. It's one of those weird things that I don't know if one is going to get edged out. I don't think there's something else that's going to sneak in, though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I don't think anything's going to compete with the metagame percentages of what, whichever Junt deck ends up being more popular. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I know you're saying that it's going to split Junt, into two different camps and so maybe something else takes the cake but i think what's going to happen is whatever the more popular jun deck is is just going to dominate the other one mm. might not be second yeah but whatever the more popular one is is going to be first it's going to be first um, so you just have to try to it's basically a guess <laughs> which jun deck is it going to be it is a coin flip all right so we flip in this coin to see who's going to take which jun <laughs> <laughs> but i know which one i want no okay i'm gonna take uh i hate this because i want to take whichever one you don't take but i also don't want to take whichever one you don't take so you want to take whichever one i want to take yeah i'm gonna take john food okay does that mean i have to pick no 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 no. i'm gonna i'm I'm taking john food because uh, i want a john food yeah okay so john food is just the it, it doesn't uh get hosed as badly with all the um sideboard hate except for the fact that all these people are playing main deck graph diggers cage it does a lot better against that card and and um yasharn and some stuff so i think um it has a better shot against some of these yeah though i wasn't that confident instead of just picking the same exact deck for both percentages i'll just i'll just take the other one gend uh company it's usually called i guess because it plays okay all right okay you're giving me a shot that's a coin flip for us here yeah, you might give me four. All right, I, I, that's nice. Um, I appreciate that. 
Uh, but we'll, you know, yeah. who knows? We'll see. Lots of things. You better happen. reciprocate those four points, you know. Uh, top performing deck. It's very obvious that this is going to be Rakdos Arcanist. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lock it in. He said Rakdos. <laughs> put it in, put it in. I'm uh, writing it. I'm writing it. Uh, no. Um, Whoever's picked Rakdos has always lost. Just, yeah, yeah. Rakdos is just the worst. You know what? I picked the, the top performing deck first for the other one. You, you pick first for this one. All right. I'm going to... Man, I have a crazy one here. I'm gonna go off the off the rails here. This is a risky move. Okay, this is like all or nothing. This is like four points or zero points. I'm gonna go goblins. Oh, I was thinking about it's picking goblins. In. Wow, <laughs> you're going goblins. You know what? You know what would be fun? No, I'm just kidding. It makes now that you pick <laughs> goblins, I really want to pick elves just because you said that. <laughs> No one's going to bring elves. I want to pick elves so bad because of that. Um, but that's literally like just throwing four points at you. But, you know, I'm really good at throwing points at you. Well, it wouldn't necessarily be four because goblins would have to win. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, it, it's a possibly throwing you four. But, you know, yeah. giving you two is, is not as bad as just like immediately being like, there's no I way. I just think if enough people bring goblins, they're on to something, you know? Mm -hmm. Like if, if everyone thinks junk food is going to be everywhere. Then you start cutting your graft diggers' cages, and then you get muxist. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's hard because all the decks I like, you know, people don't play a bunch of them. <laughs> Just pick Azorius, man. Azorius Auras. That's that's your baby. You don't want to <laughs> play that. I do. I like. You, you almost... want to represent. I almost wonder if actually Azorius Control is going to be like good enough. But that's just like Brad looking at me from the Well, it doesn't count if only Brad Barkley bricks it, brings it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and does really well. Yeah, and doesn't lose a match again. Oh, man. Goblins was my, like, backup if I didn't like any of the Coco decks. Because all the other Coco decks are... feels like it's right there. I feel like I should just... I'm going to pick Jund Company. There we go. I, I knew you were going to double Jund. <laughs> there we go. As soon as you were like, was, it's right there. I'm like he's he's double it's gender. Right <laughs> I gotta do it. Uh, let's let's go back over our teams um, just to make sure that this episode is three hours long. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so uh, my team, I have um, uh, Gabrielle Nassif, Seth Manfield, Autumn Burchett, Eli Cassis, LSV, Luca Magni, Zachary Keeney, and then I picked Sultimatum, Gruel Adventures, Jund Food, and then Jund Company. Yes, in that order. And for me. Uh, I have Paolo Vitor Damodorosa, Brad Nelson, and Reed Duke as my NPLers, Matt Sperling, Stanislav Sivka, Chris Patello, and Mike Sigrist as my rivals players. Sultimatum and Teamer Adventures are my choices for the standard metagame, and Jund Company and Goblins, my choices for Historic. It's going to be a wild one. It's going to be Wild West. <laughs> Boy, oh my god. Jeff, do you hear that? What? What? Sounds like it's last call. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> All right, let's get a beer. <laughs> I need a beer. Maybe we just get cheesier every week. <laughs> Three, two, one. Hey! Oh! <laughs> Another switcheroo moment. I know. I was kind of thinking that you were going to pick that one after something you said earlier, but... Um, Anyway, we picked yeah, each other's beers, which is always fun. <laughs> I think it was super, it was super, super close. Definitely, so, definitely. Um, this call f for me was literally, um, oh, I'm going to open this. Yeah. Uh, I think the call literally for me was just, 
I feel like drinking one of these right now. Right. And uh, that's it. That's literally it. I was going like, to say the exact same thing. It just came down to, honestly, what type of beer did I want to have next? Because these are neck and neck. Almost the exact same yeah, quality. Exactly. I do think that the the Hi-Fi label is just so freaking cool. Like, this is... This is the beer you want to be holding on a picnic or on the beach or something. Yeah. And like people are going to be like, oh shit, what are you drinking? Like that's so, it's so different and really awesome. They did a really great job with that. Um, but I think the flavors are like so on point with both of these. These are surprising. Like this is the first time we haven't done a tap takeover and these beers are like solid. They're right on par with some of those. So Yeah, I wonder mm. if the, the label played a role but <laughs> in my decision. Yeah, I really think the Hi-Fi wins the, the label award because the... Yeah, this Bronin, the uh, the High Road Brewing Company. Um, I do like this like picture of this flower is is really nice. However, just like having to read something sideways is always like not necessarily my favorite. And um, yeah, exactly. It just doesn't have as much information, um, which is you know the style. It's main. It's art over. Um, it has the I collective just, arts kind of treatment. Yeah, I like that the hi-fi label is so lo-fi. Oh <laughs> yeah, hi-fi is lo-fi. Yeah, that's great. Sounds like Kent. Good job with the label. Anyway, usually you don't talk about labels that much because obviously you can't <laughs> see them at this moment. Yeah. Um, but you but can check you... out our Instagram and you'll be able to see them uh, uh, a bit better there. Sick plug. Uh, but let's start. Which one do you want to start with? Yeah. Um, Sick plug. Let's uh, let's start with the IPA. Okay. So uh, Bronin. Bronin? Uh, Bronin. Let's do Bronin because it's like bros. Sounds like a Lord um, of the Rings character or something. It does. Bronamir. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Anyway, uh, Son of this Dudamir. is going to be the new magic set, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I was really feeling like I wanted something strong. Yeah, I did. I did actually find that I could taste the booze in it because uh, it is 7.1%. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying, there's not a lot of hops to kind of mask that. So I did find it a bit boozy. Uh, and... Mm -hmm. It depends whether you like that kind of thing or not, right? Do you want it to be masked or not? Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's it, But it is part of the decision that I made to go for this one is that that one tasted a little bit boozy mm -hmm. to me. Uh, all in all, it's just like it's a it's an East Coast-style IPA that's done well. And I love, you know, if yeah. I had to... I like West Coast styles too, but if I had to choose to, you know, relinquish one forever, I would choose to keep drinking East Coasts, uh, I think. So it's just a beer style that I really like. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, I agree with the booze thing, and that's probably why I picked it. Because um, <laughs> that's just what I was feeling right now. I was like, I want something a bit bit boozier. Um, rating scale. This one has me a little... Um, I'm, on the, I'm on the fence, I think. I'm yeah. feeling platinum diamond. For, for me, I was going to go uh, platinum, like kind of high-ish platinum on this one. Okay. I also feel high-ish platinum. It does have a... Um, there's a filtering thing that's kind of strange about it um, where it feels like there's things floating in it that aren't or they are. It just looks different. It, I don't think I've seen a beer that really looks like this. And it's not filtered. Um, is what you're saying. <laughs> it's, it's unfiltered, but it's not just cloudy is what I'm trying to say. There's like, there's like little bits of stuff. It's um, chunky. That are more visible. It's chunky. Um, so yeah, I agree with platinum. I like it. I, I'm, excited to drink this in the future uh, when I forget about it and be like, oh yeah, that was awesome. Let me try that. Um, but it's probably not the one that I'm going to, um, I'm not going to remember this very well. And uh, I will, 
probably because uh, it's seven percent and you had two of them yeah yeah i mean that's that's probably <laughs> part of it um i would be like oh yeah that was sweet i'll pick some more of those up um and i i do feel like it's a good solid beer but let's go to this hi-fi sure uh so this mm. triple berry blueberry raspberry blackberry sour beer with the awesome label um yeah, to me, this just kind of delivers. Uh, tastes like a beer to me. Has obviously a mm-hmm. bit of fruitiness because it's a sour fruit beer. But yeah, to me, it's definitely beer first. Yeah. Could be a little more beery, I guess, but uh, I like it. Uh, yeah, I can definitely taste the beer for sure. And I, I taste it thinking, oh, um, this is the kind of thing I think Jeff would like. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised when you picked it. I think it's the same thing. I'm on the fence yeah. between uh, platinum diamond. Yeah, I was gonna give this. I was gonna give this platinum as well. I think we just picked two kind of solid platinum beers and pretty solid. Yeah, I know we were raving about them when we started. The, <laughs> we were talking about how great they are, yeah. and then we both gave them platinum. Which platinum is really solid, and obviously I, I like that. Um, I will probably pick up more high fives before I'll pick up uh, these Bronins, um, just because of the label. I know it's like so bougie stupid but um marketing works it works on me for sure yeah it really does i appreciate good uh, graphic design yeah and they really hit the mark with this one um you will be proud to go to your local park with some of these and uh maybe like your kind of retro outfit people will be like whoa what's that as long as you're six feet apart from everyone else exactly it'll be perfectly fine um, but with that, I believe it is closing time now that we've rated our beers. Um, if you disagree with any of our beer ratings, uh, you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, or you might find us on MTG Arena. Our username for the podcast is Arena Regulars Podcast. Give us uh, one of these new emotes. Yeah, give us the weird, you know, reaper shrug. Show us how to use them. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, if you want to talk to me personally, uh, you can always reach me at Zulberg on Twitter and Instagram. That's Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G. But Jeff, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at Blues Brews MTG on Twitter or streaming occasionally on Twitch at Blues Brews. And please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it really makes a difference for us. Also, just follow us on any place you could possibly follow us. Uh, it means a lot to us, and we would just love to get um, kind of more people to see our stuff if you like us. It would be really great. And the feedback, you know. we will. Uh, if you tell us you hate something, it can be yeah or if you love something we'll do more of it because um at the moment we don't have a ton of feedback so we'd really like that this has been the arena regulars wishing liliana of the yale a good night (sighs) all right that's fine